Welcome to Rainer's Radio, practical training for joint heirs with Christ, with your host, Diane Thomas. Good evening, and welcome to Rainer's Radio. This is Diane Thomas, your host. Once again, let's just relax and pay attention to the presence of God and just recognize that he's right there, he's with you, he's in you, you are in him. We don't need to do anything to get his attention or his love or his acceptance or his he he values each one of us. Each one of us is significant and important to him. And we there's nothing we need to do. There's nothing we need to do in response to that or to have earned it or acknowledged it. In other words, whether you believe it or not, it's still true. So we have been contemplating the connection and the differences between our spirit and our soul. And it's it's going to be a probably a lifelong pursuit to be able to understand and maybe even undo the beliefs that we've been taught about our spirit and our soul. And the more we understand about the the differences between our spirit and our soul, we'll have a better handle grasping the difference between the spiritual realm and the supernatural realm. Now, your soul is only one aspect, the soulical realm, within the supernatural realm. But on a personal level, it's really helpful to start reminding yourself, even if you need to put signs up, that you are a spirit. You are not a soulical creature. You're not a human being. You're not a human being. You're not a human doing. You're a spirit being. That which is born of spirit is spirit. You've been begotten of God. So when you were re-spirited, you were, that part of who you truly were was already in God. Now, I don't understand all the, the intricacies of how he does that. Pretty much everything we are talking about, there's, we probably have just such a minuscule understanding we just don't have the information we need to draw conclusions. So it's best if we don't. But what we can do is ask questions about what we think we know. That's how we learn. And we start with the, with the supposition that God loves us, with the acceptance of his unconditional love, and that he shows his love to us by giving himself to us. It's another way we know we're one, because God gives himself to us, we give ourselves to him. So who can give each other, who can give the most? It's not about taking, it's not about earning, it's not about deserving. This whole concept of deserving love, it's, no, you're just loved, because that's who he is. He, and he is love. That's his nature. And we begin to accept that about him. Then we start to be, accept that about ourselves. 
about who we truly are. You are a spirit, you have a soul, and you live in a body. The same characteristics that are in God's spirit are in your spirit, who you truly are. But it's so foreign. It's so unreal. It's disconnected from our from our natural beliefs, from our solical beliefs, from historical beliefs. When we really start to look at the details of, you know, what that means, that God loves us unconditionally, what that means will very often change our belief system. It changes, it's like a domino effect. Now, a good indicator that you're on the right track is that at some point in time, there's a freedom and a, and a relaxation and a comfort that comes. If you're feeling like you, like the bar has been raised, that you have to do more, that something is harder to, to deserve or... Uh, receive God's love or acceptance or a healing, for instance, or anything from God, that belief system is leading you in the wrong direction. There's something about that belief system that, that is not in line with God's true nature. There's a simplicity to God that is so overwhelming. It's, it's one. He is, you know, we could think of light, you know, we very often think of, you know, God is represented as light and life, and it's so bright we can't even see it with our own eyes, with our physical eyes. And yet within that white light is every color. But we are just blinded by the light. When we experience God, we are experiencing different parts of him because we would not be able to receive everything that he is in our present condition, except for spiritually. Spiritually, you are experiencing everything that God is right now. But our soul has its own belief systems. And those belief systems interfere with God revealing himself in the way he really wants to. Now, by that I mean, you know, he's on, he, he has a plan for you. He has a plan for me. And he is gentle and kind and he doesn't overwhelm us. He's not a, a bulldozer or, you know, he doesn't run over us. He's not like a stampede of buffalo that just runs over everything in its path. He wants your soul whole and intact. And he wants your soul to be the beautiful gift he gave you. But your soul has made bad habits. And one of those bad habits is it's created false beliefs. Beliefs that don't line up with his true nature. And therefore they don't line up with your true nature. And the more we, we begin to focus 
you know, yes, we focus on, on God's, you know, perfect love, his unconditional grace, his, how much he loves us, but we also start looking at our own spirit. That the first thing you does, your spirit does is receive that love, that grace, that, you know, the, the acceptance, the comfort, everything that God has for your spirit. He's already given your spirit, but your soul doesn't know how to receive it, doesn't know what to do with it. misinterprets it and this is part of you know nobody i don't think any well for the most part i don't think anybody maliciously creates wrong doctrine or wrong belief systems now i say you know for the most part there are some there are some people who are willing to take advantage of other people we all know that and they're in every field you know, they're in business, they're in the ministry, they're in politics, they're in the neighborhood, where somebody will take advantage of you if you let them, because their thinking is, well, if you're stupid enough to believe this, I'm stupid enough to take advantage of you, or I'm bright enough to take advantage of you. So we are, you know, part of what we're learning is to access that wisdom that God has already placed within us. You know, and there's there's terms for intuition, you know, uh, judgment, good judgment. All these uh, there's a lot of other commonalities, common terms that we have used and and become comfortable with over time. Even non Christians have le- learned of ways, you know, having a conscience, learned of ways to describe those solical abilities that God gave without knowing that that's where they came from because they're part of your soul. They're part of your soul. They're, you know, their soul, you know, everybody who's ever lived has, who has a soul has these abilities. And when people don't understand what they are, they misinterpret it. Our goal is to learn to have the, a, a an objective understanding and skill with our soul. So we are looking at how to use those abilities, again, objectively. And as we do that, and no matter what else you're doing, God is restoring your soul to its intended, created relationship to your spirit. We've been, before we became born again, we were walking around dead in our spirit. Now, God certainly was communicating with us. He communicates with everything because he created everything. He he communicates with the ocean, with the uh, clouds, with the trees, with the rocks with every single person, with every single animal, with every single cell in your body. He communicates and controls and has power and authority over it. That's not the issue. It's how does he reveal himself to us through spirit. He quickens our spirit. He gives us a new spirit. Then the work begins. 
because the soul you had the day before you were respirited is the same soul you have after. Now, God may have intervened and given you some healing, some insight, you know, modified some beliefs right off the bat, like, you know, you may, before you become a Christian, you may believe there is no God. Then the day after you, you go, okay, there's a God. You've changed your beliefs. That was God doing that. And that's how he works in our life. He reveals truth. And so we can, we can trust that his priorities are the correct ones. You know, we so often focus on behaviors. We so often focus on things that cause us pain or embarrassment or frustration. And we struggle to get, you know, rid of them or over them or hide them. And yet God is working on your soul, bringing you healing and restoration and freedom and truth in your soul so your soul can be reconnected into your spirit the way your soul was created to connect to your spirit. The soul that God gave you was always meant, its its home is being connected to your spirit. So it longs to reconnect with your spirit. Imagine taking a, a tree, and if you took a, a big rope and you tied, tied it to the top of the tree and you slowly pulled it over and over and over so it bent, Without breaking it, you bent it, and you kept on bending it. over the. You could do that over the years, and it would start growing that direction. And then you come along and you cut that rope, and it flips back. It starts growing back. It starts returning back to its upright growth. Now, it may take time, and the branches may need to re, reestablish the direction they're supposed to grow in. But the tree is meant to grow straight up. But our soul interferes with its own growth and bends it away from its natural heredity, its own, your soul's genetics. So over time, there's going to be a process where our soul returns to an upright position, which is connected to your spirit. In the meantime, we are, you know, God is revealing the belief systems that have failed us, that are interfering. He's got his own priority. He may be far more concerned with bringing you healing of some kind or, you know, dealing with generational curses or, you know, your, your, your issues going on right now. He, he may be dealing with, you know, Usually he's dealing with everything all at once. We just don't know it. But let him pick the priorities of what's important to him. Rest assured, he's got, he knows what's best for you. He knows exactly what you need. Doesn't matter whether you do. Doesn't matter whether you have any idea what you need. God does. And, and that's part of, you know, part of our challenge is, is we want to know God's will. We want to figure out what his plans are for this day and this time and this season for our lives. 
Why? So we can have some measure of control. So we can prepare, so we can be ready, so we have some measure of control. Well, that's your soul usurping your spirit. Not God's spirit. Your spirit. Your soul is, is, try, is pushing away your spirit, trying to hug your soul. Your soul, your soul is going, no, 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 I'm going to do things my way. And it's up to God whether your, your spirit lets your soul go and say, okay, well, well, we'll visit this another time, or whether your spirit goes, no, we're going to settle this now. I'm in charge. I'm the spirit. You're the soul. You, are, you belong to me, not the other way around. But this is a learning process. So, so we value the process, but we also value each day where we're at. If you, if you haven't been journaling, do that. Because it will, what it does is it draws out what your soul and spirit have been talking about. As you start writing, you know, hope, again, hopefully you're spending time with him. You don't have to journal right, you know, right after that or anything, but, you know, sitting at lunch, you know, before you go to bed, think about your day. Think about, you know, if, what's your greatest area of concern? What is the Lord drawing you to? What are the desires of your heart? What are, you, what are your greatest fears? What are your greatest victories? Just for you. Don't worry about the rest of your family. Just for you. God is interested in you. Not, not so you can be a better parent. Not so you can be a better employee. Not so you can minister to the world. Not so you can change the world. Not so you can serve him better. But he is invested in you because he loves you. And he's given you perhaps a ministry, perhaps a business, perhaps a family. So, can he, so he can accomplish in you what he wants to accomplish in you. Likewise, if, you know, you have a business, he's working, it's his business, he's going to, and you're working it with him. It's, it's something that you got, that you and God share. You are, we're, we're yoked with God, we're partners with him, we do things spirit to spirit. And remember, your spirit knows why you're in the situation you're in, whatever it is, good or bad, or in between. And most life is in between. But your spirit has all the answers. Well, why doesn't the spirit reveal it to the soul? First, because the soul wouldn't believe it, would resist it. And there's a matter of timing and belief. God reveals to us what we need to know. We want, again, we want to know everything so we don't need God. And part of that is because we don't trust him. We don't know if he's really, what he says is really true, that he loves us. Well, what does that mean? For most of us, that has not borne uh, out to be a good thing, to be real, a trustworthy thing. Someone saying they love us, most of the time it's like, you know, okay. 
we have our doubt our doubts and even us expressing love to others there's there's going to be times when we when we question that and even the best intended for instance a parent towards a child there's going to be failure there there are no perfect parents so there's going to be failure there's going to be misinterpretation by the child and the child is going to be harmed just by life no one gets through this life unscathed we're all going to be rejected we're all going to be hurt we're all going to be lied to and maligned and treated poorly and we're all going to feel a wide range of emotions jealousy and anger and hatred and doubt and self-questioning and God-questioning that's what we're here for to experience whatever this life has for us. So we don't want to hide from life. We don't want to hide from experiences. You know, so often that's what we do with church, is we, churches, you know, regular church services have become social events. We bring our kids there so they, so somebody else will teach them about God. So we don't have to, and then so we don't have to exemplify it in front of them. And then any questions they have, they take them to their Sunday school teacher. So we don't have to be challenged. And then, of course, as soon as somebody else comes along with some questions, they don't have any answers because they've never had the opportunity to, to truly question what they believe it's this is you know this is all by faith you believe this by faith that doesn't work that doesn't stand up to the light of day that's not what faith is faith is experience i don't understand how this works i don't understand how you know faith is i don't understand how i don't understand why i don't understand what it was but i know it was god But the more we can distinguish and understand and accept that our soul is different than our spirit, and that that's the problem. And, and by God, God gave us this problem. God wanted us to have this problem. If God never wanted Adam and Eve to, to eat of the tree of life and then be thrown out of the garden, he could have prevented that. It was all part of his plan. The lamb was slain before that even happened, before the foundation of the world. He's got something up his sleeve, and he's got really long sleeves. And for us to try to conclude, to think we can conclude what his plans are, with not only our solical, our bruised, your your mind is bruised. Is there's We all have shadows we all have misunderstandings in our brain our uh, in our mind we don't have perfect mind yet we don't have perfect emotions yet we don't have perfect decision making actions we don't do things right we have a long way to go but god is devoted his intent 
is that your soul and spirit would become one. And then your body's going to follow along. We'll talk about, you know, the effects of your body at some other point. But this is a, an example that that might help explain why it's important that we understand the difference between spirit and soul. Now, in your spirit, well, in your spirit is where you forgive. Your nature as a spirit being is forgiving because God's nature is forgiving. That's it. It's 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 a done deal. It doesn't it doesn't depend on someone else asking for forgiveness. It doesn't matter if the other person or situation or God deserves forgiveness. But you are a forgiving person, a forgiving spirit. So your true nature is to unconditionally forgive release them, commend them unto God, commend them unto the path that God has for for them and for yourself, forgiving yourself. So then we look at our own struggles with that, the concept of justice, of anger, of righteousness, of see, you know, why do... Why do the evil prosper? Why do good men suffer and the evil prosper? They get away with anything. And yet us good guys, we follow the rules and we get punished for it. They get to do whatever they want and they get off scot-free. God never punishes them. The world never punishes them. So, or we can feel like You know, we've been personally wronged, rejected, and we decide we can't forgive that person. We can't forgive that action that was taken against us. We were hurt so bad, we'll never forget them. We'll forgive them or ourselves. We made such a terrible mistake or missed God by so much or, you know, said such a terrible thing that we can't be forgiven. We can't forgive ourselves. God can't forgive us. Nobody can forgive us learn is that those are all feelings based on incorrect beliefs. Does that make them unimportant? Absolutely not. They're part of your soul. But they don't line up with the truth of who you are, which is you are a spirit being, and part of your nature is to unconditionally forgive. God could, and, you know, this is a great example of, you know, why we have so many denominations. Because how many denominations go along with the, you know, that there's there's the unforgivable sin or backsliding. Or if you're in this kind of a condition when you die, you're going to hell regardless of whether you follow God for every part of your life except the last minute before you died. So... There's, we create a belief system that accommodates our feelings, our, abil- our abilities. 
you know, um, we, oh, I really want to serve God, I really want to do this, I really want to take care of that, and we find we can't. We can't make the right choices. You know, we, we know, okay, God is pl- displeased with me doing this, or he really wants me to do this, but I just can't do it. He wants, he wants me to sell everything I have and become a, an evangelist in Africa, but I really just can't do that. And so we, we have misunderstood how to hear from God. You know, because that so we internalize that and say, "Well, God will never be, will never forgive me. He'll never forgive me for failing Him." All those people I was meant to minister to, they're all going to hell because of me. And our emotions get start believing these lies we start making further choices away from god because god rejects us we don't even want to be in his presence because we think god doesn't forgive us that that you know whether we heard from him or not it's about we are putting on him our emotions so the more we understand that that's not accurate your soul is not a an accurate portrayal of your nature, your spirit nature. It doesn't represent God's nature. It's simply your emotions. It's simply your behaviors. It's simply what you believe. Doesn't mean it's real. Doesn't mean it's true. Doesn't mean it's accurate. It's valuable, and God wants to wants for you to enjoy it because he's restoring your soul to its rightful place to spirit. But it's not who you truly are. You are a forgiving spirit, a forgiving being, automatically, unconditionally. There's nothing you can do to not be a forgiving person. Your soul lies to maintain its own control. It tricks you. It tricks your mind. Your emotions trick your mind. Your mind tricks your 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 emotions and your your will. Tricks you into doing things you don't want to do to maintain control. So hopefully that gives you an example of this is an area we can begin to distinguish between what we believe and what's going on in our soul and how it is so different than our spiritual nature. So feel free to drop me a line at dianetherainersclub.org or through Blog Talk Radio, and we'll try to address it during our our podcast, or um, I'll give you a direct uh, answer. So thanks for tuning in. We'll be getting back together again the same time next week. Until then, this has been Diane Thomas of Rainers Radio. Have a great night.